welcome or welcome back to And Everything In Between. I'm your host, Mela. I am so sorry for missing another episode last time. I was actually sick, though, and that's not a lie. That's not an excuse. I really wanted to record, and I was really mad that I was sick, but I just had such a bad headache, and I was so congested, and it would have just sounded weird if I did record, because all you would have been able to focus on was the fact that I just sounded sick. I sounded unwell, and I still have... It's not congestion, but I can definitely feel the after effects of that cold. And that was, this is like two weeks later. So it was not good. I was struggling. My head hurt so bad. And I was actually sitting down. I was like, okay, maybe I can try and record. So I just started talking for like five seconds. And I was like, yeah, I cannot think about anything, let alone put my thoughts into words. So that was out of the question. But now I am back and I'm ready to record and I promise you guys I will not miss another episode unless I'm actually out of town or I really can't record. But yeah, I hate not being able to record. But recently, I was actually going to make an episode about how to get out of this funk. If you're in a funk right now, and I'm kind of in a funk because the weather is so gloomy, and I've talked about seasonal depression before, and while I wouldn't go that far to say, oh, that's what I have, I definitely have some variation of seasonal mood disorder because it's like the sun comes out, so the sun just doesn't come out anymore. Like, I'm recording, it is so gloomy and gray outside. I have seen the sun maybe twice in the last couple weeks, and that is not good for my mental health, personally. I need to see sunlight, and it just uplifts my mood so much, and it's not like I notice, oh, I'm in a good mood when the sun is out, but then when you've been having gloomy weather for the past few weeks and then all of a sudden it's a sunny day and you're like wow I'm in a really good mood today everything is just so much brighter I just feel happy I just didn't notice how much the sunlight or the lack of sunlight affected me until I really saw that contrast and so just a few tips before we get started with the subject of today's episode just a few tips to help with that What I've been doing is I've just been trying not to fall into a very rigid routine each day because I feel like it's really easy to fall into a routine when we go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time, do the exact same things at the same time, and it's like, wow, my days are literally the same because you're not doing anything to vary them. So what I've been doing is, (laughs) this is going to sound a little cheesy, maybe a little childish, but just do it. I mean, I've been listening to a playlist full of dance songs and just dancing in my room and singing these songs. And I know it sounds really weird. You're like, why are, like, you're not five years old. But I feel like we just need to let go of this embarrassment that comes with dancing to a song and singing a song out loud and just let go of that. Just be a fun person. Just scream the lyrics to your favorite songs. It just makes you feel so much lighter, and it's just a little fun thing to vary your day a bit. 
Also, another thing, if you're like me, sometimes it can be easy to get caught up in our own space, just separate ourselves, distance ourselves from friends, not want to hang out with friends in your free time, but make that push to hang out with someone or get together with a friend, get together with family, because when you make that push, that person will not let you sit there on your phone or just be depressed in your room. You're going to have to do something with them. And I feel like that's why a lot of people enjoy hanging out with their friends when they're bored because you know you can't be bored with a friend. When you're in the company of another person, in my opinion, I don't really think you can be bored. It's very difficult to be bored and just sit there and stare at each other because you're just going to be talking at the very least. And having the company of someone else and just talking with them, that alone is enough to very your day-to-day routine a bit and add some variation to your life. I just repeated the exact same things in different wording, but you know, that's the point I'm trying to get across here. And that's something I'm going to be working on as well, because this cloudy weather is not working for me. I need the sunlight. I am so ready for spring and it is almost February. So the spring will not be here for at least another two months before it's actually like 50 degrees, 60 degrees. But I am just, I'm done with it. I cannot stand when it's just gloomy every day. Anyways, enough of that depressing rant, because I'm sure other people are feeling the same way, depending on where you live, of course. But the main topic of this episode is education. And education is a wide umbrella of things. Education can vary from like school education. So maybe I'm talking about school. Education can vary from learning things about the real world, or it can just be knowledge in general, or a sub a subject of knowledge, a subtopic. So maybe education, I'm talking about math. But none of those things are just what I'm solely focusing on in today's episode. Because I was thinking about all these different things, you know, while I was falling asleep, I was like, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to talk about in tomorrow's podcast episode. And I was like, okay, I want to do something along the lines of education, higher education, and just types of things that you can study, but I didn't know what exactly I wanted to discuss. What exact point did I want to make? So I'm just taking all of these little things that somehow relate to education and I'm making it or I'm compiling them together into today's episode. So education. I feel like especially in high school, we can take and college, actually, high school and college, I feel like this applies. We can really take school for granted. We can take education for granted. You know, it's really easy to get caught up in the fact that you're really stressed, you have all these assignments, it's never ending, and we forget what education is all about. We really forget what is it we're actually learning. When we put the stress of assignments and tests behind us and we just look at the content we're learning, that's a real privilege to have, to be able to learn all of these things about 
multitudes of subjects. I mean, there are so many different things you can learn, so many different subjects. You can never know everything. There's always something new to learn. Always. And for that, that's why I think education is a privilege because not all people get that opportunity to learn all of those things. Even though you're doing those assignments and you're doing those tests, you're still learning through it all. And not all people get that chance. And you think about other countries, you know, at least for me in the United States, you know, the U.S. is a very privileged country. It's a requirement for kids, no matter who they are, to go to school or be homeschooled and to learn, to go to school every day and learn. But in some countries, that's not a requirement. In some countries, that's not a guarantee. And it's not part of children's everyday routines going to school and learning. Some people don't have the same resources that a lot of wealthy countries do. And I'm just thinking about that. And I'm thinking how often, especially in this past week, I've been waking up and I'm like, I do not want to go to school. I'm so sick of school. I don't want to learn anymore. And that's a really dangerous trap to fall into because when you start taking things for granted, then you're not appreciating them. And so when they get taken away from you, it's a shock. I'm thinking kind of along this message that I'm sending. I'm thinking of COVID, going to school every day. I took school for granted. I hated, well, I didn't hate it, but I did not enjoy going to school every day, learning, doing all my homework. I was like, oh, I'm sick of this. So COVID, COVID, COVID came along and I didn't have school anymore. People all over the world that once had access to education didn't have access anymore. And we were learning online. We didn't get to go in person. The curriculum that teachers were teaching was cut down significantly because it's just impossible to teach all the information you need to over a computer screen. It's really difficult. And I didn't realize how much going to school and learning in a normal environment I really, really mattered to me until it was taken away. So I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that we should appreciate it right now because you never know what's going to happen. You never know when you won't have access to school. So when you do have access to school and when you live in a privileged place where you get that privilege of learning and education, we need to appreciate that. Education teaches you critical thinking skills. Education helps you develop your own opinions. People go to school and they start learning about how the world works, how the world functions, and then they start forming their own opinions about that subject. And I feel like that's when, in school, people form opinions that are different from their parents. Or people have a new perception of something that their parents may not have had. That's why when we look at generations, we see new trends per generation. And a lot of time, a lot of times trends are, or perceptions and mindsets are becoming more progressive because people are in school and they're learning new things that their parents didn't learn. 
And so they have this new, a little slightly more progressive mindset about a subject than maybe their parents had. And I think that's a real privilege to be able to develop those opinions. And the more educated that you are, the more that you learn about other people, the better you can understand them. I feel like understanding people, and when I say understanding people, I mean how people think, how groups of people think, how cultures are developed, and what's different about each culture and how to respect that and appreciate that. The more you learn about that, the more you experience that, the better you can understand people and the more open a mindset I feel like you can have. So people who don't respect other cultures are less educated because they haven't learned about them. They aren't exposed to new ideas and new ways of thinking. And I feel like just having that exposure and learning about other people really makes you a more well-rounded and compassionate person. History classes, I know history probably... Actually, okay, history can be interesting depending on what I'm studying, but in general, history is definitely not my favorite subject or my second favorite subject. But history class, nonetheless, is so important because it's teaching us about these cultures. It's teaching us about how cultures develop, how attitudes develop and change with time. And if you want to understand how someone else in another part of the world lives and thinks and just goes about their everyday lives, then you need to learn about that in the bare minimum in a history class where someone is teaching you and you can learn information that's not just revolving around your little bubble that you're in. Psychology classes teach us about the human mind. That's one of the reasons I love psychology, just because I love learning about why people do what they do how people develop from babies to adults, and how people think. I, when I see someone make a decision, I want to know what was the driving factor of that decision. Why did they make that decision? What components led them to do that? And how do we understand that on a larger scale? So psychology classes are more about teaching about the human mind, and then you also have sociology, and sociology teaches you about how people interact as a whole. But nonetheless, when you understand other people, when you understand these different cultures, or you're at least aware about other cultures and people, how people think, you feel compassionate about them. You can feel sympathy or feel empathy much more easily, and it drives you to want to do something about it. When you see something unjust in a history class, and you see how something like that really hasn't changed much or hasn't changed to the extent you want it to change. And you see that and you understand that and you can try and understand where these people or what these people were experiencing. It leads you to want to do something about that. Change is the result of education. And that's why it's so important to be educated because without education, we can't progress as a society and we can't change for the better. That's why history repeats itself when people aren't educated, when people don't know about former events and how really terrible people get put into power. That's why it's so important to learn about things 
like life for African Americans before the Civil War, and even after the Civil War, you know, how they were far from equal to white people. That's really important to understand. And while you may not be able to understand that fully, depending on where you're coming from, if you are aware, if you are making an active effort to learn about it, that promotes change. That promotes conversation. The Holocaust. It is so important that we don't let that tragedy fade into the past because if people stop talking about it, if people stop teaching it, then people are not educated about it and people forget about it and something like that could happen again, which is a horrible, scary thing to think about. Everyday discrimination against people of color, everyday discrimination against immigrants, which has been repeated time and time again throughout history. And the reason that this keeps happening is because people aren't studying history and learning about how when that happens, society fails, and that's not the right, compassionate way to treat another human being. So change can only be promoted if we are aware of this, if we know what has been done to other people, the most awful things that we can correct. Climate change. Climate change gets worse because people aren't even educated about the causes of it, and if people aren't educated about the causes of it, that leads people to question, well, is climate change even real? And what really frustrates me about climate change, not about climate change, but about that subject of people questioning climate change, is that there is scientific evidence and proof to back this up. Over decades and decades, centuries and centuries of research and trends to show that climate change is very real. It affects each and every one of us, no matter where you live in the world. And the fact that people deny that shows a lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge about these scientific processes and research. Women's rights, LGBTQ rights, the rights of people of color get worse when people, or they are worsened. They don't further or their rights aren't expanded when people aren't educated, when people don't understand cultures, and when people just make stereotypical assumptions about other people. That's because they don't understand the history behind groups of people. So the more you understand this history, and the more you're educated, the more you can feel this empathy, see what other people have gone through, and try to change that. Kind of going back to the climate change thing, I took AP Environmental Science and I remember my teacher said the problem isn't that we're debating solutions to climate change. The problem is that we're debating if climate change is even real. And I feel like that was one of the most influential, thought-provoking things someone has ever said, ever, in my life. Because I'm thinking about that and... It really applies to so many other subjects. You know, if you're debating if something is real or not, when there's evidence to back it up, that just shows a lack of knowledge. But progress can be made if we're debating about solutions, but no progress can be made if we are not even on the step of solutions, if we're still on step one, is it real or is it not? And that is terrifying to think about. 
The same thing applies to COVID. This is it real, is it not? It's just a lack of knowledge, a lack of seeing the effects that COVID has had on people. It's the refusal, refusal to learn about that. When you understand how vaccines work, when you understand the science behind a virus and how it spreads and how wearing masks helps eliminate that or reduce its effects significantly, then people are going to be prompted to start doing that because now they understand vaccines work. Science is the root of explaining all of this and wearing masks will help to reduce COVID transferal among people. People start to wear masks, they start to get vaccinated, they start to advocate others to do the same thing because they understand how it works. Education, again, is the result, or (laughs) education, again, is the cause of change. Another thing, well-rounded education, I feel like, is very important. I feel like, again, like I've advocated so many times on here, Taking a foreign language, not only does it help you learn about other cultures, but it just helps you be a more flexible human being. You can go to other countries and you can communicate with the people who live there. Taking classes, history classes, learning about histories of other countries besides the one you live in or besides the countries that are predominantly discussed in American school systems. Taking classes about kind of niche subjects that not a lot of people know about but are important. I feel like having this variety of science and math, but also English and social studies and art and music, all of those combined classes are what makes a well-rounded person and what makes an educated person. Personally, I think I've taken a very broad amount of classes in school. Of course, I can always take more classes. There's always more to learn. There's always more subjects to discover. But, you know, throughout high school and for next year in high school, I am taking, will be taking, have taken classes on biology, chemistry, environmental science, physics, all these different math courses, English, German, Um, I did music, but I did it in middle school, but I still play an instrument, art classes, psychology, and I've learned about all of these subjects, and I truly feel like it's helped me become a more well-rounded person and view the world in a better light. And it's all because of that education, that understanding, knowledge is power, And personally, there are so many more things I want to learn and I can't learn everything. And that's the thing that gets me. I have so many passions, like I've discussed, kind of going back to my why can't I pick one passion episode. There's so many things I want to learn, so many classes I want to take and I can't choose between them. But I want to be able to do all of them. That's why I love... Actually, I have mixed opinions on majors in college. Sometimes in colleges, sometimes I wished that you didn't have to have a certain major. You could just take courses that appeal to you. And then I guess actually no. Now that I'm thinking about it, oh wait, no. Now that I'm thinking about it, this is how most colleges do it. When you take courses 
of many different subjects and then you choose your major based on what resonates the most with you. Now I'm thinking about it, that makes more sense. But I love that method of taking all these classes, really exploring all of these interests, trying to learn as much as you can and deciding what matters to me the most, what do I care about the most, and then choosing a major based on that. I think that's really valuable, getting that experience and the opportunity to take all these classes. Something I'm interested in, and it's funny because, so I told my friends, I was like, I'm kind of interested in taking AP art history. And my school doesn't have a regular art history course. It's just AP art history. But I've always wanted to take an art history course. I remember I started, this was a few months ago, I was watching videos on art history and learning about art and the background of the artist, how that influenced their painting or their piece of art for that matter. And it's something I actually really enjoy. And I remember I told my friends and they were like, art history? Like that is the most random subject. Why do you like art history? And I don't know. I just can't explain it. I just love learning about art. I'm a visual person And so I love when I have something I can see and then I can learn from what I see. So I feel like that's what resonates with me regarding art history. But I also remember when I went to the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, I saw all these amazing art pieces and I just wanted to know what is the background of this? What is the symbolism in including these elements of an art piece? And I have these bookmarks that I got from them. One of them is Salvador Dali's, I forget what it is. It's like his, oh, it's like the Melting Clocks painting. It's basically his most famous work, one of his most famous works. And then I have Starry Night. And then I have Edward Hopper's Gas where it's the guy at the gas stations. And I actually really like Edward Hopper's work. And I was looking at videos of him. I also like Dali's work too. I was looking at videos of him on YouTube, just trying to understand these paintings. And it's really interesting because my friends were shocked. They were surprised that I was interested in art history. My, I remember my friend was like, that is the most random subject you could be interested in, Mela. You always have these random things you're interested in. But it's true. I just have random interests that I want to learn so much about. So I feel like even having those small interests and really trying to learn about them, super valuable. The next thing that I want to discuss based on education is in order for education to be successful, in order for people to really learn about something, it has to be taught in an unbiased way. It's definitely bad to leave out certain details and events of history. So when I see these schools leaving out, you know, African parts of African American history in their curriculum, that is dangerous to do because then you're raising a generation of kids who don't know about the Civil War, who don't know about the practice of slavery, and they're not learning about empathy because when they would be learning about subjects like that, they would be feeling empathy for these people. 
but they're not learning about that. They're not learning these feelings and that can be really dangerous. I see schools who don't teach the Holocaust because it's banned from their curriculum. What do you mean the Holocaust is banned from your curriculum? There is no reason, absolutely no reason, that that event should be erased from history or not taught in schools. That's unacceptable. Another thing is when I see schools banning books. And, you know, typically, again, they ban books based on social issues explored in the book. May it be race, gender, sexuality, whatever. They erase these books from their curriculum. They say, we do not want our students reading these books. Parents say, we don't want our children reading these books. But if children aren't exposed to these books, these events, these different types of people, then they'll be growing up in their own little bubble that doesn't actually represent the world. And again, it's this lack of education that leads to events in history being repeated. It's a lack of education that leads to discrimination because people don't or people are not aware of other cultures. And that's a really scary thing to think about. I mean, every time I see some parent wanting to ban some book, like I would see, for example, 1984. A lot of people don't want their children to read 1984, but 1984 has an important message and there's no reason it should be banned from schools. You know, it teaches you about the power of authority and how authority can try to manipulate people's mindsets. So I feel like 1984 definitely has an important message. Just things like that, books being banned, events not being discussed about, that has to be in the curriculum. And by including that, that is unbiased teaching. Because when people are faced with all of the facts, not some of them, that leads to them having a more complete perception of history and again leads to them creating this social change, which is so important in society. My teacher, my government teacher, actually, he's very unbiased. I was shocked because I've never seen someone teach a class in a more unbiased way. And he teaches in a way that really lets you learn about the events of America's constitution and the development of America's government and how it functions he teaches it in such an unbiased way. I was just so surprised. Education, though, doesn't stop at classes you take in school. The best way to become educated on something is to witness or experience it firsthand. So those who have the privilege of being able to travel to other countries, that is an amazing thing. Because when you travel to other countries, you are experiencing other cultures firsthand. I remember hearing about or just hearing people talk about, you know, when they go to another country and they talk about how the customs and just everyday norms, societal norms are different from those in America. And it's really weird to hear about, like someone would do something in a different country that would be considered odd or weird in America, but it's just normal for them. But that's a part of learning about other people's cultures and understanding people develop in their own ways. and. People have their own cultures and customs that need to be respected and understood. 
talking to other people. I remember I, when I was talking with my grandparents doing this research project about Syria because my grandparents come from Syria and they lived there, or one set of my grandparents did, I remember I was talking with them, talking with my grandma about Syria, her life in Syria, and she was telling me about like just anecdotes from her past, and that was really eye-opening to me. Even though she was telling me about small stories, I was just getting to know a part of another culture that's different from America, and it was just really cool to hear those stories. Living through things. I think we who have the people who have lived through covid which is basically everyone listening to this podcast we will understand covid maybe not understand the science behind it better than the future will but we will understand the impacts it's had better than anyone else because we've lived through it firsthand so even just living through things is a form of education and just helping us to understand the world kind of moving topics, this is something I'm really passionate about related to education. And it's the fact that education should be a right for all people, but it's not. And the U.S. in particular profits insane amounts of money. I mean, the U.S. makes so much money off of education, and I think there are bad things to come out of capitalism. But making money off of education has got to be the worst of them. Higher edu- or not higher education, ex- more expensive higher education has got to be the worst effect. College is so expensive, so inaccessible to so many Americans. It is so crazy expensive. And these really good schools, like you see these Ivy League schools their acceptance rate is so low, so not everyone has access to the education that they offer. Not everyone has access to all these resources they have because education is exclusive, and I think that's also a problem in itself. Education shouldn't be exclusive. Education should be available for everyone, and that includes cost and acceptance rates to colleges. Everyone should be able to learn and use the resources colleges have to offer. But because college is so expensive, textbooks are expensive, AP and IB exams cost money, SAT and the ACT cost money, Quizlet recently costs money. Why do we have to have websites that are supposed to be teaching high school students, college students things? Why do they have to be expensive? Like, why do you have to pay money? to unlock an answer to a problem. Like, I'm just trying to learn how to solve this physics problem, okay? I just want to watch a video on how to solve it, and you're making me pay for it. You're making me pay to learn. You're making me pay to study with flashcards. I am heartbroken that Quizlet was so stingy. They were so stingy that they had to make learn mode and test mode premium. Like, the only thing free about Quizlet now is having flashcards and studying flashcards. But the learn mode on Quizlet allowed you to go through these flashcards and you could select the you could select the answer and click don't know if you didn't know what it was and it would pop back up again. It was just 
a much more easy, more productive way of studying than just using flashcards and trying to sort out what you didn't know from what you did know. And I used Quizlet Learn for literally all of my tests in environmental science last year, and now that's inaccessible to people. And I just think when big corporations get greedy about education and money, that is a really terrible thing. You know, the fact that kids can't get college credit for their AP or IB exams because they can't afford them, the fact that kids can't use their fullest potential to get their best score they can on their SAT or ACT because they have to pay each time to take it, that's really sad. The fact that really smart kids can't go to college because their families just can't afford it or they'll be in debt for the rest of their life, that's really sad and that's a major flaw in the U.S. education system. I remember... Well, not I remember this happened very recently, but in AP Gov, we were making these surveys for people to take and just to get an idea of issues we were care issues we cared about, people's opinions on those issues. And so we did these surveys. You know, it was part of our unit on learning what a good poll is, um, the results on bad poll questions versus good poll questions, what makes a good poll question. And I remember one of our questions, it, it was just a yes or no question. Would you pay more money to make higher education or would you pay higher taxes to make the cost of higher education cheaper? And the majority of people said no, they wouldn't. And I was shocked by that because I thought people would say yes, they would. I mean, knowing high school students, these high school students know that they're most likely going to college and they're going to have to pay $40,000 in college and they don't want to make it cheaper by paying higher taxes. That was a really interesting thing to me. I mean, I was not expecting those results. But as a society, we really need to fix this education system because then people who are oftentimes, unfortunately, minorities who may live in low-income areas they don't have access to this higher education because it's so expensive. They're excluded from higher education. And as a result, they don't have the education to get a high-paying job. And so then their children continue on with the cycle because now they're parents and they don't have the money to send their children to college. And education should not be exclusive. Education should not be profitable, knowledge should be free. But it's not, which is really, really disappointing. And as long as education continues to exclude people who don't have a lot of money, then this process of being uneducated and not knowing about history, not knowing about different subjects, about how the world works, about scientific advancements, that cycle will just continue. So it's really just a positive feedback loop over and over again. The next thing I want to talk about, this is related to education. I was actually going to make a whole episode about this, but I thought, you know, I don't think I have enough content to just talk about this for a whole episode. So I'm just going to make it a sub section of this episode. 
and that is the fact of of studying arts versus science in college. Everyone has pressure on them, even if it's just a little bit of pressure, to have a career in STEM. Why? Because STEM careers make more money, and there's more jobs available to them, or to those in STEM. But I truly feel like, deep down, mostly everyone wants to have a career in the arts. There's something that they're passionate about related to art, but the lack of money deters people from pursuing a career in the arts. And personally, when I'm thinking about myself, I can say, yeah, I agree with this statement because, you know, maybe you are passionate about STEM, but I feel like there's just a little part of everyone that would want to be a photographer. There's a little part of everyone that would want to be a writer who would want to study English, who wants to just be a painter for the rest of their lives. You know, I feel like there's just so much pressure, especially nowadays being put on kids, teenagers, to choose a STEM career, especially, you know, if you're good at science or you're good at math, they're like, okay, so are you going to be a mathematician? I remember my teacher, one of my teachers asked me, just because I was good at physics, he said, so do you want to be an engineer? And I had to think about that because even though I'm good at it, that's not what my heart tells me to do. You know, it's like this whole subject of your heart versus your brain. Your brain is telling you to pursue a career in STEM or pursue a career that will make you a lot of money. But your heart tells you to pursue a career related to the arts or something that's not STEM related, I should say. And it's like, how do I choose between the two? And I feel like you really can't choose. And the most important thing that you can do for yourself, if you're kind of like me and you're like, I want to make money, but I also really enjoy drawing and I love to draw. That's my passion. That's not my passion, but maybe you love drawing. It's important to have that mixture of the two. If you do decide to pursue a STEM career, you can't lose sight of your really true passions of the arts. You know, you have to try and implement that into your hobbies, and that's what I do. I feel like in school, I take a lot of STEM classes, or I have taken a lot of them, but my hobbies reflect my other passions, like my podcast, speaking about issues I care about, writing. I do a lot of writing in my free time and reading. You know, those are my true hobbies, my true passions. And I feel like we can have this mix. We can have this mixture of liking things in STEM, but also really loving things in the arts. And as long as you incorporate that into your hobbies and you don't lose sight of the things you really love to do, I feel like that can be a solution to this dilemma. This, my brain is telling me to do this, my heart's telling me to do this, what should I choose? Another thing that I wanted to talk about is that the arts are just as valuable as the sciences, and I really hate when people say, oh, you're an art student, like, or you do something that's not STEM-related, so you have it easy, or you're not actually making a real contribution to society. But the arts help to preserve history. And what do we know about preserving history? 
when history is preserved, when people have resources to educate themselves about history, history is less likely to be repeated. Mistakes in history are less likely to be repeated. The arts make life interesting and worthwhile. Can you imagine a world without music, without books, without sculptures and paintings and drawings, without photos? Not only would we have nothing to do, we wouldn't be able to go see a movie, we wouldn't be able to go watch a play, but history would cease to exist because arts show evidence, they provide evidence of history. You see newspaper articles written from whatever time period, the 1940s, the 1950s. That's a primary source to understand what was going on at that time. Imagine we didn't have journalists. Imagine we didn't have movies depicting what was going on in society in that time period. Imagine we didn't have that. Our life would be so different. And I feel like people can kind of lose sight of that. People can forget that the arts are just just as important as the sciences. So that's also something I feel strongly about. And I do feel strongly that everyone has that secret little passion that's related to the arts or that's not STEM related, but they refuse to pursue it because of that fear of not being able to support themselves independently. And I feel like that's something that we can all work on and we can all work to improve because just doing a little bit of art in your life, doing something fun, like I remember I I used to be interested in fashion design and I still kind of am, just fashion trends, that's not STEM related, but it's fun, it's interesting. And sometimes doing something fun is almost better than doing something that makes a lot of money, in my opinion. Again, that's why it's important to have that mix. That is all I wanted to discuss in today's episode. I really loved today's episode. I thought that it was eye-opening for me to discuss. Hopefully, it was eye-opening for you. You realized some new things, understood some new things. And whatever you do, just educate yourself. Whatever you do, make sure you are aware of events. Make sure you're taking classes about a wide variety of subjects. Make sure you're trying to learn and make sure you don't take these learning opportunities like going to school every day for granted. So that's all I wanted to say for today's episode. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you next time.